David, how you doing, my man? Great, huge. Good to be here. <laughs> Good to be here. <laughs> I do. I, hey, it's live. I tell people it's live radio, and there's Superfly seeing my faces. I've dealt with it. I got to keep the show moving. It's just it's live radio. Uh, nothing more than that. Hey, I know you have uh, kids that uh, play high school sports. Uh, your son, a teammate of my son with Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern. If you were a consultant to the MHSAA, any sport, boys, girls, cross the board, uh, what do you think is needed change, if there's any needed change, or additions, uh, different divisions, the Catholic, Christian versus uh, public, anything that you think is front burner stuff right now? Well, I think the private schools should be dealt with to some extent. And I know in Illinois, and because I've got a good friend whose son's a good player in Illinois, I, I believe if a school wins a division uh, a certain amount of times over a period of time, they move up a division, regardless of whether public or private. Uh, and that's one of the, that's the model. In I Illinois. like that. I, I do like that. So if you dominate and win two state championships in a row. You have to that next year in that sport, or not two state two uh, is it state or just conference? Oh, I believe it's uh, state titles, and I don't know how many right. it is in what period of time. But he he walked me through it and said that's the case. You've got to play up if you're dominating, and that's what happens sometimes with private schools, especially in in lower divisions. They're they're simply much better than their competition. Well, and a lot of that is resources, and you can pay coaches better, and there's uh, a different mindset, which, again, I'm not going to penalize Christian or Catholic schools or hammer them uh, because there's a lot of great people I know who have gone through those systems and still are there in coaching. But I I think when you look at the growth of high school sports, and we're going to talk about the NIL bill that's in the Michigan uh, House, and could that become a reality uh, with high school athletes in the state in a moment, uh, but there are there are a lot of different things that I brought up when I started the show today, and we threw out this question because I, I kind of had a good vibe. It would get a lot of feedback, and I know you were coming in and being a lawyer and being a NFLPA certified sports agent with Bullrush Sports Management. That uh, there, there's a lot of uh, it's not weighted the right way. In other words, Division One can have a school with 1,200 kids and a school with 3,200. You have 2,000 more athletes to choose from. I believe what they need to do, even if it means you're going to have, instead of a 32-team playoff, you're going to have a a group of 24 or 16, that you would take the extremely large schools, all would be grouped together uh, in the state of Michigan. Because I'll I'll say this with Rockford, they 3,000 kids, and the low-end Division one, I'm, I'm going to say is what thirteen, fourteen hundred, maybe. Uh, I'm guessing. I don't yeah, it's have quite the a disparity. Okay, that's double the size. That is not. It's again. I'm. I look at Rockford. They got Rockford East Middle. That's eight hundred kids in it. Whatever. They should have another school for more opportunity for people to play sports. But it's their. It's their township, village, whatever it is, city. They can do what they want to. But I'm just talking on the high school sports perspective right now. When I look at things that. You know, you, you'll get this, even in our new division for next year, you'll get a school that's hovering around 600 to a school that has 890 or 1,000. So that the number of kids, I believe, so that doesn't mean more divisions. I like, I've, I've said this to Mark Ewell time and time again, David. I don't care. 
like basketball, go to eight divisions. You want more state champions. You're going to get more attendance. Uh, more districts are going to be celebrated. There's going to be culture building at these schools. I mean, in football, you have eight plus two uh, eight-man divisions. We have 10 right now. Yes. So drop a couple extra. Someone did bring up uh, on the tweet, uh, or on a tweet earlier, that there should be an open division where schools could choose to go there for two years, and that's where NIL and the ability to play more games and travel out of state beyond the border states, where it, it, you would keep kids from going to these prep schools, and these schools could choose to play in this open division. So there's a lot we're going to get to, and that could be connected to NIL, but then, you know, you're Mark Ewell in the Michigan High School Athletic Association. you got these kids are allowed to get NIL, but these kids aren't. You know, you're a lawyer. That's never going to fly, right? I think you run into some potential antitrust problems if someone ever challenged it, if some can get it and some can't, and they're somewhat similarly situated. All right, so I just saw the story a little over a week ago uh, that this House bill in the state of Michigan about allowing NIL at the high school level where kids would cut deals. The school then would have formed the Michigan High School Athletic Association of the deal, and then the MHSAA still would be able to approve or disapprove. So that's going to be very interesting. You're throwing a lot if this happens. I don't know if the bill will pass, and we'll get to that in a moment, but hypothetically, that your Michigan High School Athletic Association, you're going to tell a kid he can't and a family they can't make money? Well, I, my guess is, and I don't know, that they asked for that provision that, in that. that provision because they do support the bill. So if they really didn't want that authority, they would probably oppose the bill. And so that authority could be that uh, good luck getting something approved. Well, well, my guess is maybe, but my guess is, is maybe their constituent schools, they didn't want the authority and they want the MHSAA to be the bad guy standing behind them. And it would create for a more uniform statewide standard if there was only one body doing it, interpreting the law. So they're really empowering the MHSAA to decide whether that NIL deal is legit and if it's of market value, right? Because this is the one thing, what I do find interesting when I was reading through that bill, that there seems to at least an attempt to have some structure on NIL, which right now at the college level, there's zero structure, right? There's a little more than zero, but yes, it's a little more detailed than the, the NCAA's guidelines. Right, and, and we'll get to the Michigan collective that Duncan Robinson, Hutch, going to be a part of, Jamie Morris. Uh, we'll get to that uh, later inside this hour. But at the high school level, uh, NIL money, how much is out there for kids. I think we don't know, but let me point this out. 31 states right now expressly allow high school NIL. Really? 31 states. It's very clear it can be done. Now, there's a handful where it's very clear it can't be done, and there's some in the mushy middle. But 30, I, I checked right before we came here. 31 states allow it expressly. It's very clear. And it's mostly been done. Not by legislation in the state legislature, but by the high school governing, you know, the high school association governing body, the state's equivalent of the MHSAA. And here it looks like the legislature is forcing the hand of our governing body. So what they're trying to do at these other states is get out in front of it before the government tells you what you need to do, right? Generally speaking, or they felt that they just had that authority from their the legislative charter and they did it. 
So are there any numbers on, like, how much NIO money is given? Are states are doing their own rules? Uh, what, what have you discovered in uh, just looking at those 31 states? Well, there aren't really any reliable numbers right now that I would feel comfortable right. quoting. Uh, because, again, the, the standards are all over the map, uh, the disclosure, uh, a lot of it's just rumor. Uh, I, I think it'll be a year or two before we really have any solid reporting and, and, and even a feel for what kind of numbers are available. But clearly for five-star basketball and football recruits like Dante Moore, who went to UCLA as a starting quarterback, was at uh, Detroit King. I'm sure he could have made 100000 or more in NIL at the high school level. And what would that be? Because uh, Bryce Underwood would be another kid, right, at Belleville currently, yes. right, who's being recruited by every school in the country, correct? And Dante Moore looks awesome right now uh, for UCLA, and he'll be, be able to come home and play uh, with UCLA, USC, or UCLA, USC, Oregon, and Washington joining the Big Ten. What, what is the market? Because uh, I'm trying to look at the high school athlete. Uh, and you're not on TV all the time. I know there's social network and how many followers do you have and how big is your high school. And and you're a lawyer and also a sports agent and certified NFLPA with Bull Rush Sports Management. You're based in West Michigan. What is the market for a high school athlete when it comes to NIL money? Well, I think it's certainly not what you're going to see at the college level. Uh, but I also think for the elite athlete, it's significant. Uh, but what about for everybody else? It's probably limited unless unless they're very adept at social media and have a huge social media following. I think then, uh, you know, maybe it is maybe an athlete can earn five or ten or fifteen or twenty thousand dollars in a year if they have a if they're a solid athlete, but they have a really strong social media platform. And an elite athlete like a Dante Moore, I think, could earn much more. Uh, based on their star power. All right, so the question is name, image, and likeness in the O'Bannon brothers' case and wanting, you know, through the video games, everything, right? That's how it all started. So name, image, and likeness means they use your name, image, or likeness in marketing or branding a product, correct? Correct. Really, name, image, and likeness is just a fancy name for something that exists in all 50 states called the right of publicity. And quite frankly, everybody in America has the right of publicity the ability to commercialize their name or their image, except for athletes, <laughs> you know, except for high school and college athletes until now. So with the right of publicity, with name, image, and likeness, because this is where I have an issue with college. College, it's become pay to play. Okay, it's become pay to play. Yeah, I'm nodding my head. Yes, it's, it's really disguised compensation in many cases. So in high school, how do you get past that disguised compensation and make this truly name, image, and likeness? Will that be on the MHSAA, how they define it? Well, the bill, as currently written, bans, essentially bans collectives. And I think collectives are the vehicle where you have this, basically, you're getting NIL, it's supposed to be for some services you're performing, performing but it's really a form of salary. Uh, so the idea in this bill appears to be if we ban collectives at the high school level, we will prevent a lot of that, maybe not all of it, and I'm sure they're aware they won't prevent all of it. So collectives would be, and we'll talk about the University of Michigan collective they just introduced today. I saw uh, the press release. So collectives would be, that'd be a group of, you know, really just booster clubs who sure. put together money and they want to draw Dante Moore to come play at their school. Right. Yep. But you don't have the open transfer policies that you have here. The kid is where he's at 
unless he chooses to sit out a year. Correct? Well, correct. And I don't know all the nuances of MHSAA's transfer rules. You and I have talked about those. But, you know, kids can transfer. So they're going to now examine, is the transfer legit? Uh, is the NIL deal legit? Was the NIL deal married to the you know transfer, the right? transfer? And I think the MHSAA wants that ability to police that. And that's why they wanted it in that bill. So what, what else is in beyond banning collectives? What are some other highlights? And when when could this bill be signed into law? Well, it's uh, it passed the House committee on a nine to two vote. That's pretty strong. It's on the House floor. It could probably be voted on as early as this week. It would go over to the Senate. I think it's potentially something that, that could be done this year uh, and then in place by January 1. I don't have a temperature on, on whether the Senate wants to take it up or not. Uh, but both chambers are controlled by the Democrats and the governor. And they're all the same party. Uh, and it looks like there's some pretty strong bipartisan support for this at the committee level. So uh, what else? No collectives. Uh, the MHSAA having the right to approve or disapprove. What are some of the other highlights of this high school NIL bill in Michigan? Well, the, uh, the NIL deal cannot be tied to athletic performance. That's number one. Uh, you have to have a parent or guardian sign if you're under 18. Uh, sign on to the deal, which seems pretty common sense. And it can't be an apparel or other deal that, that requires the athlete to wear something during an official team activity. So that, that was going to be my next question, yeah. because I'm thinking, OK, the, the gear apparel companies are going to come in after these big high school athletes and say, wear Nike, wear Under Armour, wear Adidas, whatever. And they can't they can't do that. That's what you're saying. right? That's the bill tries to, to prohibit that. You know, if it were shoes, you know, I don't, I don't know if they're it, that's why the MHSAA, I think, could review it. Oh, this is a deal to wear a shoe during an official team activity that is not allowed under state law. So from a a perspective as an agent, uh, NFL PA certified agent and David Gregory joining us in studio from Bull Rush Sports Management. He targets uh, Michigan athletes well-versed in NIL. What's going to be, if this is signed into law, let's say by the end of the year, what, what will NIL look like at Michigan high schools? What will be the attraction of a business without just trying to give money to say, uh, hey, they're my guys or my girls, right? Well, I think it might be similar to the market you see for, you know, social media influencers that are often teenagers, quite frankly. Uh, If they have a decent social media following, even if it isn't huge, um, pardon the pun, but here's what happens. Athlete influencers have an engagement rate that's often three, four, or five times higher than the engagement rate for other types of influencers. This means there's more intense, even though they don't have a huge following in terms of numbers, they have a very intense following. So a lot of hyper-local deals, car dealers, restaurants, uh, you know, all the people that advertise at your high school football game at Forest Hills Eastern, uh, they may want to also support athletes. So a local car dealer who wants that athlete driving the newest, latest and greatest, uh, you know, Jeep, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, a Ziegler, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep and Ram and Granville could cut deals or the Ziegler auto group with athletes. Yeah. And I think you'll see that happen. Uh, I I don't think it'll be on the scope and scale of, uh, you know, Michigan or Michigan State you know, football and basketball players, but I think it'll be significant for a high schooler and their family, number one. And, um, 
look look at how much interest there is in high school sports. Look at the ratings uh, that all the you know all the local channels get for their Friday score shows. I mean, I sit down and watch them, and there's tremendous advertising and and, and interest in high school sports. So, uh, what, what type of money? What, what's the what's the money level? As if this is rolled out after the first of the year, hypothetically speaking, if it's rolled out, what what type of money are you talking for these high school athletes with state of Michigan NIL deals? Well, again, I, I think if a high school athlete has a significant social media following and they're very active on it, I think they could get brand deals totaling five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars in a year. Uh, if you're a really elite athlete, a really like so you would say the, the elite athlete would be what we mentioned, Bryce Underwood of Belleville or Dante Moore. Yes, last year at Detroit King. I think they could get more like fifty or approaching a hundred thousand. So in who's, some who, cases, who's spending that money? What what type of advertiser or business is spending that big money for the premier athlete? And what type of advertiser or business is spending that lower level money at the high school level? Well, okay. Probably car dealers come to mind for the low level. Yeah, no high level. High level. Uh, restaurant restaurants Chains. potentially chain restaurants, um, maybe insurance companies. Because you know you don't. It's not just the kids that follow them; it's the families that support them. And I think what you have to look for is the boosters of schools who own companies giving kids deals to try to get them to go. And that goes to the approve or disapprove in that wording in that Michigan House bill for high school NIL that MHSA will have the right to approve or disapprove. Yeah, it, it talks about performance. I, I'd have to look at it again. I don't know if it talks about inducement to attend a college. Uh, it probably should. Uh, but even if it doesn't say that, that I, I think they'll be on the lookout for that. Well, you got to think a local restaurant chain or just a local hangout could say, hey, after the game, uh, Mr. Five Star is going to be uh, enjoying dinner after the game here, right? Yeah. And they're paying him all, or her. He'll be there. All, or her. Meet there and greet. be some stud, you know, female athlete as well, right? Yeah, meet and greet, community service projects, autographs, social media posts. Kids getting 500 bucks a month and, uh, and the free food to eat there. Yeah. And, and the family, right? Yeah, I mean, any kind of brand deal that a high school kid could get just because they have a good social media Is there account. a market out there for it right now for Michigan high school athletes, do you think? Yes, I do. I don't think it's anywhere near approaching you know what we see for college athletes but i think it's more significant than people realize and it's my background having a daughter who was a social media influencer still is while she was in high school getting brand deals that tells me yes there's a market here and your daughter was uh, uh very good at what she did at a young age well it still is but yes right, so, right. I mean, i'm not saying yeah she, she started she started making money though at you know 15 14 15 16 getting big money so, Probably around 17 or 18, it turned into big money. Big money, yeah. And that building, being a social yeah. network influencer. So there's that combination. How, how, much, how much would a five or 10,000 difference uh, dollars in social media make a brand deal for uh, you know the average family, the average kid? It's a lot of money, actually. It is. Well, it's, it's okay, go right to the college fund. College fund or pay for their car insurance in a vehicle, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you, I agree with you with what, what, what are things that... If a family with a teenager, and not everybody's loaded and with cash, uh, that what are the things you say that are what I call bridge things that cost some money? Car, because uh, kids' insurance when they start driving is high, right? Health insurance premiums or deductibles or co-pays. Yeah, uh, you know, a sports medicine clinic that 
you know, um, hi, I'm Dante Moore, you know, from Detroit King, and I go to Henry Ford Medical or something like that, right? Yeah, uh, lessons, uh, club sports, all those things cost money. I could see kids getting compensated by club sports if they're really outstanding in hopes of attracting other so they kids play, to they play. They're on their high school club team because you can't play a club sport in the same year as a high school sport in the state of Michigan. So a lot of kids will play club outside of the season, baseball, basketball, soccer. All of a sudden, that club is going to tell the best kid in that district uh, who's wearing the gear to school, right? Yeah. Uh, you got a power strength shirt on. I can see power strength or MVP, you know, companies here in West Michigan. Locally, uh, athletic companies. Uh, athletic companies. Uh, again, having their best kids promote their brand to get more kids, more families to join their family, you know, to join their organization. Yeah, have you ever thought about being an NFL PA certified sports agent or uh, opening up a sports management uh, company, Bull Rush Sports? You ever thought about that? Well, I think I... You're a lawyer, too. <laughs> well, I am, And but. you've been on the political side of this, so... And Mark Ewell did tell me that there were things that they sat down and worked with the politicians that Mark knew with the other states, like you mentioned, yeah. that this is coming, but we want to have rules in place that will help us to not let it be the wild, wild west that it is in the NCAA right now. Yeah, it's a pretty detailed bill. I think it's pretty well written, and I guarantee you MHSAA and their lobbying firm had a lot of input on this. Are you saying there's a lobbying and input on politicians? I, really? I've never known that. I've, I've learned so much having David Gregory Well, I don't think studio. it's a dirty word like a lot no, of people do, though. No, I don't do, think it's though. dirty. Lobbyists are good to get people. Not, I, I'm not saying it's dirty. First Amendment. I'm not saying I'm, I'm right to publicity. Uh, yes. Look at you. I, I didn't know that law existed. I've learned a lot from David in studio. I, I've told everybody I need a lawyer here full time. During the breaks and on air, we need lawyers. We need legal advisors in studio. David is a NFLPA certified uh, sports agent. He's based in West Michigan uh, with Bull Rush Sports. Uh, follow them on Twitter and also uh, the NIL side of this because that could be, you know, here here's an interesting part of this for you of high schoolers and deals that you go cut for these kids uh, with these businesses, with everything out there. Again, is it because you can't what, what's the NCAA rule in NIL? An agent can help the NIL thing, but you can't sign with them. There, there's some yeah, gray well, area there, right? In fact, I was just on a call with the NFL PA the other day to, with agents. Uh, a certified agent like me can sign a marketing representation agreement with a college athlete. High school athlete? Well, that's what I'm asking. Like with the Michigan high school athletes, could you broker deals for high school athletes? Yes. It's just it's so long as any kind of marketing agreement you have with an amateur athlete is not contingent upon them signing with you as their agent in a professional league. So in other words, if you got a so if you went out for we'll go back to Dante Moore again when he was at King. Yeah. And Bull Rush Sports and you being a lawyer, NFL PA certified agent. If you help Dante get a deal with uh, Detroit Metro Ford dealers mm -hmm. for the sake of this conversation. It's not contingent that Dante has to sign with you one day when he's done at UCLA, correct? Correct. In a lot of cases, though, if you do a good job, that's going to happen. But you just can't, you cannot condition it on that. You can't say it in a contract. And you really shouldn't have that understanding. But if you do a good job, I'm sure in many cases, you will also be their NFL agent. So what is the end game when you get a name, image, and likeness deal, NIL? 
what do you have to do to earn that money? If you're a high school athlete or what should happen, because we don't see it at the NCAA level, it's just pay to play. But at the high school level, it looks like Ewell has worked with uh, the politicians in Lansing to come up with some uh, wording that at least will have some structure to this. Uh, but what do you do to earn your money if you're that athlete? Well, you have to provide you know, fair market value for the amount of See, that, money that, being that's paid. The key. That, that's the key here. What, who will deem what is fair market value? Well, I think you're going to just have to look at the four corners of the contract, and it's going to have to spell out a good contract and a, and a good agent, a good representative, and a, and a good company that wants a, a sponsorship deal. They are going to lay out specifically what's expected of the athlete to do in exchange for the money. And then, they, and then Mark Hugh, I assume they're going to set up an NIL division. They're going to have to. And hire probably a lawyer or two or... Yeah. Uh, hello. I'm available, but no, yeah, I'm just yeah, kidding. But, yeah, but they're going to, to evaluate and do the market value. So hey, they're going to have a whole office doing this. I guarantee yeah, you. David, really good stuff here. We got to get to a network break. David Gregory, NFL PA certified sports agent, bull rush sports management, follow bull rush sports on Twitter, talking about the possibility, likely possibility of NIL money being available uh, for Michigan high school athletes. We'll have one final short segment with him.